politics without the soap opera with unfiltered constitutional conservative truth. The Conservative Review with Daniel Horowitz. And welcome back, fellow American patriots and Minutemen standing at the ready to fight anew for the issues that matter in the way they matter and at the time they actually matter. And the time is September 27th. It is the middle of the week here, and we got a lot to do because this is about doing, not just talking. The big question that we're going to find an answer for the next couple of months is our Republican voters a reflection of the broad conservative professional class, or are they not? In other words, do they actually believe their own talking points, or are they like the conservative chattering class in that they don't believe their own talking points? It's just a posturing. But deep down, they don't live those values in their heart and certainly not in action. And some of you might think, well, you know, maybe some of these conservative talkers believe it. It's just that they're just that, a talk show host, a talker. No, that's not good enough. Because you can't get on the air every day and say, we're dying, the economy's destroyed, our lives are dying, people are dying from the vaccines, the border, this and that. And then you continue to support things that negate your own interests. I've been fighting for 15 years to actually make a second party in this country that reflects our values, to actually fight for outcomes. So at some point when you you get a choice and you see a man that embodies talking but not doing and his talk actually tarnishes what we want to do and undermines our ability to even get elected – and then he, when, when you are elected, or the first time he was, does the opposite, versus someone who represents what we've all been clamoring for. Someone who lives family values, lives a life, he loves his wife, loves his family, he's focused, he's smart on the issues, he relentlessly pursues outcomes. Outcomes, gets it done looks to denude the left of all their sources of power. Not just, hey, I'll do some cosmetic things here and there, cut some taxes here. Everything we said we wanted in a candidate, you have. And I'm the first to tell you, I don't think it's like, oh, you go with Trump, we're going to die. You go with DeSantis, um, we're up to the promised land. But it's what it represents. What it represents down the ballot What it represents in terms of legislative fights, budget fights in the red states, the model of what we're looking for, but also what it represents in our own personal lives. Do we actually want to live the lives and the values we espouse? So I want to get into the presidential election a little bit, some of the news, the contrasts. Obviously, we'll see what happens at this Debate, but it's not much of a debate because the most important person to debate is not there, which is a disgrace. It's a disgrace that my colleagues won't call out Trump because nothing says populism like I'm entitled to it and I don't need to answer for all the liberal things I've said and done and debate side by side with the most successful conservative governor we've ever had in our lifetime. That is the debate we deserve, but that's the debate we won't get because... Obviously, those who claim to speak for us are pathetic. 
So we'll talk about that. We'll talk about the budget a little bit. But I just want to say for all the talk about Biden and Fetterman being cognitively disabled, at least they have never uttered a word, much less committed an action, that subverted their own stated beliefs and objectives. At least the objectives of the movement that they lead or represent. In other words, there's never a time where Biden, oh, he just accidentally did something conservative, did something right-wing. He accidentally undermined the open borders agenda or accidentally harmed Pfizer, Pfizer's interests. No, it's been a seamless, perfect operation. Fetterman, the guy obviously can't string two words together, much less think clearly, but has he ever voted the wrong way in the Senate? Think about that. Yet time after time, We've had Republicans from Trump on down. Trump is nothing new. I've been doing this my whole career. We continue from deep red states electing people that negate our interests on every issue, that subvert our interests on every front, that appoint personnel, in the case of Trump, that were antithetical to everything he promised his voters. And we're happy with it. We love being cheated on. So I don't want to hear this business, oh, ha, 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 look at the left, what they represent. In that sense, Biden and Fetterman are more lucid than our leaders or perhaps our own voters who are okay with this. I'm I'm, I'm sick of it. How, How do you think all these people... Wicker Basket in Mississippi, how does he keep getting reelected? Lindsey Graham, Tillis in North Carolina, Journey, uh, Joni Ernst in Iowa. The loser we have in Oklahoma, Lankford, Lanky Lankford. The Idaho stealth senator leftists, Crapo and Rish. Oh, I mean, I could go down the line. Every red state is full of these people. Why is there only one governor in this country that we talk about? And I want to start off with something very uncomfortable that I've been hinting at and talking about a little bit last couple of weeks. We don't even live our own values. We all believe we're in a culture war. Okay, We all say, I mean, everyone who is somewhat on the right and engaged in conservative media that would support MAGA, America First, Trump, or whatever, would, would say that we are in a death match culturally with the left, that the left believes in every little, you know, thing from Malok to homosexuality, every act that's in Leviticus. And, uh, you know, we're fighting for the survival of procreation, marriage, growing families, godly values. But yet, we have people representing us at every level that are full of adultery to the point where we're indistinguishable from the left. And that doesn't happen by accident. So again, I ask you, is that despite the Republican voters or is that a reflection of the Republican voters? I don't know. So we talked about this. You know, we have Christy Nome, longtime affair in South Dakota. Not, not no, no, noteworthy among conservatives. That's fine. And then now there's this from the New York Post. 
about South Carolina. So we already have, out of, out of the millions of people in South Carolina, the only two senators we have are Republicans, men who are turning, you know, about 60 and aren't married. Okay. All right. So Tim Scott will show us his girlfriend at some point. Which in itself, even if that were true, is, is kind of weird. At that age. And then we have Nancy Mace, the congresswoman from Charleston area, big rhino, talking about, oh yeah, she, you know, she's on her third marriage or third boyfriend and premarital stuff going on there. She had to come late to the, the, the prayer breakfast. <laughs> I mean, that embodies the GOP. Show up to a prayer breakfast talking about premarital relations. On your third uh, boyfriend. But then this from the New York Post. Two more Republican congressmen in the South Carolina delegation. I don't, I don't know you know what's going on there. South Carolina congressman who campaigns as an advocate for traditional family values carried out multiple affairs during his 34-year marriage. His wife claimed in divorce papers. Melody Duncan accused GOP uh, rep Jeff Duncan in Friday's filing of abandoning his family to live with his mistress who is reportedly a lobbyist in D.C. Duncan admitted this adulterous relationship to many people, including the couple's three sons and a member of his staff. 57-year-old conservative allegedly flaunted the affair in Melody's face while purporting to have a healthy marriage in front of his constituents. Um, and, yeah, I mean, they go. it's very sad. It's very, very sad. I, I think he's even a member. I think he's a member of the Freedom Caucus. And uh, Melody is informed and believes that Duncan's extramarital relations are widely known in political circles. Liz Williams is the supposed mistress. As a lobbyist for Delta Airlines and others. So we got that. I mean... I don't know what to say anymore. And there's questions about the the Timmins, the other guy from uh, uh, Representative Timmins from the upla- uh, you know, upstate. Spartanburg, Greenville, regarded as the most conservative part of the state. He's also a rhino. But I, you know, either way, this should be part of being a rhino. Now, people make mistakes. People have issues. But anyone who is a staffer on Capitol Hill has been there, they will tell you that most Republicans, with few exceptions, their lives they live and the staff's lives they live are indistinguishable from the Democrats. So is it any wonder why we are where we are? I mean, at some point, this has got to matter. It's no longer the exception, but the rule. Can the last man who hasn't had an affair stand up? Well, whoops, I think we have that running for president, but we don't care. And again, I, I understand if it's like a family-oriented guy, but he doesn't fight for us on the issues. But, dude, take yes for an answer at some point. For that alone, we need this. So I want to extrapolate on this point, how we have become so acculturated to accepting, well, yeah, yeah, you know, eh, he screwed us on abortion. You know, he's on his third marriage, doesn't see his wife. Personnel was crazy, says crazy things every day. 
But yeah, this is what we need to do. No, no, this is not what we need to do. This is not inevitable. It's not inevitable. Now, first, as we give you a 2020 vision on politics, I want to talk about our sponsor today, 2020 vision, even at night. Recently, I was traveling late at night, heavy rain, normally hallows along with the rain, bright oncoming lights from the you know opposite end of the highway gives you trouble driving. I have never had such an easy time driving in, in these conditions as I did with my better spectacles glasses from Rodenstock. Um, you know, because basically the problem with our pupils is that it changes size based on light. And in the dark, our pupils enlarge, which makes it harder to see. But Rodenstock has a technology in the lenses to take this into consideration. Um, and it accommodates the size of your pupils as they change. And on top of that, they have anti-glare coating which I struggled with for many years until I got Better Spectacles. By the way, it's free for our listeners, betterspectacles.com slash conservative. When you schedule your teleoptical appointment and get 61% off your glasses, you get their anti-glare coating. They claim that in 35 years, it's never corroded. They've never had a problem uh, with it. And, you know, I've never seen streaking or whatever because my old glasses, I used to have that problem. So again, go to betterspectacles.com slash conservative to make sure you see 2020 all times all conditions and operate on all cylinders because you do think with your brain heck and and maybe that's the problem maybe our leaders don't have better spectacles and they don't think straight but they certainly don't feel straight in more ways than one if you're in south carolina um proverbs 10 9 whoever walks in integrity walks securely but he who walks, he who makes his ways crooked, will be found out. And what that means is, you can't engage in a struggle against the left when almost all of your leaders are doing the same thing. It will be found out, and you'll be a laughingstock. There's one value that's universal that every civilization still hates, and that's hypocrisy. No one likes someone that claims to be for family values and then does the opposite. You can't. Now, now again, no one's perfect. And and the fact that you do have this inclination is all the more so proves the veracity of the need for religion in your life, the need for boundaries and to, to be cognizant of that. But there's something wrong when it's not just a rare occurrence, but it's almost every Republican is now doing this. Is it any wonder? why we are where we are you can't fight for things you don't believe in if you really believe in something you wake up every day and you make it worth work you'll power through the bad press you'll pow- you'll you'll think of more articulate arguments better data better you know proof to to the veracity of your position one person does that one person does not and i want to show that contrast i just want to make one more comment on this Another verse that comes to mind is Ezekiel thirty three thirty one, talking about you know hearing reproachment from the prophet from Ezekiel. God says, and they will come to you as a public gathering, and they will sit before you as my people, and they will hear your words but not fulfill them. Instead, they make them into jokes with their mouth. Their heart goes after their gain. Boy, does that describe grifting. And you are to them as a song on the flute, which 
has a beautiful voice and plays well. They will hear your words, but will not fulfill them. Ezekiel 33, 31-32. That's what it is. We love the sound of family values, limited government, cut spending, guns, life. We'll all say that. Yeah, the liberal media. And now it will grow to the next level. Oh, the rhinos. We don't like them either, even though we act like them and act the same way. It's beautiful. It's a beautiful song. Oh, we love to hear the stirring words with no intention of fulfilling them and you literally have that contrast in front of you it's almost like god has a sense of humor i'll give you everything you say you want you sing about in your public gatherings all those beautiful words you like to hear i'll actually have them in an outcome and not just in some you know part of northern idaho but in what used to be the biggest battleground state at some point take yes for an answer to a large degree, I think DeSantis is, is uh, more like Josiah than David, as some people like to compare with the David and Saul analogies, where it was towards the end of the Commonwealth where the temple was going to be destroyed and the, the Babylonians were going to basically end uh, the Judean civilization. And... You had all these wicked leaders that would serve Baal and lead the nation in idolatry. And they'd cry out to God, oh, we don't like the punishment. We'll return to you. We have bad leaders. So every once in a while, God will send someone that's not just a good leader, not doing bad, but is a throwback to generations way before. The end of Kings and Chronicles, Kings 2, and Chronicles talks about Josiah, how he was a throwback not just to David, but even Moses. In some ways, he was on the level of Moses. And at the end of the day, he was a little bit aloof to, to the sins of his nation. He got rid of all the, oh, you want to get rid of the idols? Awesome. We're going to do it. We're going to get rid of all of it. They found a scroll of the word of God in the temple. And he took it all to heart. As if this is what needs to be done. And he did it. And the generation laughed out of him. <laughs> you want to do that? We're going to have our bail privately. We're, we're just going to do it in our homes. And that's what it is. He comes along. There's a part of, of DeSantis that almost strikes me as a little bit naive. He thinks that uh, the people are behind him. It was the funniest thing. He went his entire administration in Florida cutting out the media. And he planned on running a presidential campaign doing the same thing. And the people that should have enjoyed that the most laughed out of him. Ha ha ha, you're running away from the media. And then conservative media shadow banned him for a while, so he was forced to do interviews with the regular media. What was he going to do? It's really sad. We all say, oh, we want a guy who's going to fight the donors, fight the donors. And this guy's willing to lose his own donors and disagrees on every issue, and we make fun out of him. He's being mean to his donors. Oh, going after Disney? Oh, that's overkill. Trump sides with Disney. Oh, it's stupid. You do a heartbeat bill? We didn't actually mean for you to do that. And every success of his is shadow banned. 
but it doesn't have to be this way. I want to I want to come back to DeSantis, but I want I want to show the contrast to you very starkly here. In a very specific way. Remember, we focus on the issues that matter in the way they matter at the time they matter. And of all times, what do we need? What is it that we need now? We need someone with the focus of the exact fulcrum, the leverage points, how to affect the policy outcomes we need, and the exact personnel to do that. And this argument I keep hearing is that well, yeah, Trump kind of sucked in his first term, but now that they've gone after him, there's nobody with more motivation and the wherewithal and the know-how to go and just burn it down, burn it down. And I always tell you guys, there's no, not only, well, I used to say there's no evidence he changed. Now he's given a bunch of interviews where he literally reaffirms his way of thinking from before. I was hoping that perhaps now with Jared Kushner, not there, we have a better chance, but no. I want to play a clip. This is a little bit old, but I never played it from an April interview with Greg Kelly on Newsmax where he's asked about appointing General Milley. That was his appointee to the Joint Chiefs of Staff that killed the military. That was his. That wasn't even a holdover. That was his dude. And he was asked why. Take a listen to the excuse here again with Newsmax. So he was recommended by people that I didn't think much of, and he was uh, also recommended by a couple of people, and you know that I thought were just absolutely terrible. And uh, I decided, you know, and Mattis, I call him the world's most overrated general. Mattis hated him, hated him. I figured, based on the fact that I thought Mattis, I thought very little of Mattis. We did a great job without Mattis. Once I got rid of Mattis, we took over. We knocked out ISIS and everything else. I said, if he hates Billy that much, maybe the guy will be all right. That's the one that a lot of people were recommending, but a lot of people didn't like him at the time. And I found him to be very average or less than average. So, folks, did you hear that? I appointed Millie because he was terrible, because terrible people told me to do it. They told me to do it. And Mattis, who I hated... But appointed, he hated him, so I thought he must be good. I mean, that's retarded. What is that? I mean, we laugh at Fetterman, but it sounds just as retarded, except Fetterman never subverts his own stated ideology. I had this terrible person telling me to appoint that terrible person, and I was reverse psychology. So I'm going to put in my administration terrible people who will tell me terrible things and then I'll judge off of that, that, oh, well, they must be good people. So I'll bring liberals into my administration who will tell me to appoint liberal people, but I'll think they're, they're conservative because everything they say is wrong. So they must be, I mean, what the hell? But again, this would be bad enough if you were running for the first time, but we, we lived through that. We experienced that. Here's another clip. This one was just over the weekend. I'm sure a lot of you heard, but it's worth hearing Trump's praise of uh, of Lindsey Graham. Take a listen. Another man who's always there. He's always, I'll tell you what, when I need help on the left, he's great. He's great. And he's my friend too. Lindsey Graham, wherever you are, Lindsey. Thank you. Oh, no, no. He helps me on the left. We need help sometimes. Republicans shouldn't need help on the left, but he helps me. 
Okay, so he he's great with the left, the left. Why does he put on that baby voice? The left. What does that even mean? It's all about. That's the thing. It's all about. It's like it's like a game. Go fetch with play doggy. Oh, he said nice things. Things. Da, da, da. We don't have time for this bull. It's it just so weird. So bizarre. And then it's, it's important to recognize. Trump's instincts are to automatically give in on an issue. That, that's his instinct. That's why when he's confronted with something in an interview, he, he doesn't power through it. He gives in. People don't realize that Biden's ATF is doing all this executive gun control. For example, the, the pistol brace, the ban on pistol braces. And Trump was recently talking about that in that gun store in South Carolina where he made a fool out of himself, didn't even know to hold a gun, didn't even know what, a, what the pistol brace ban was. I really wonder if he's ever fired a, a gun. I'm not sure if he did. I mean, I know his son has, obviously. His sons are into it. I don't know if he has. But be it as it may... Um, we failed to realize that it was Trump's ATF that began just banning things without statute with the bump stocks. We had the Vegas shooting that occurred early on in the Trump administration and he never got to the bottom of it. Like there's no interest in what happened there, the greatest mass shooting in American history. And it didn't fit the profile of any of the other ones. And to this day, we don't know what happened there. And the media and the deep state puts out this bizarre thing about bump stocks. Like that whole thing was about bump stocks. And he, he falls right for Yeah, Oh my gosh, bump stocks. Yeah, yeah, background checks. Oh yeah, yeah. The, the due process. Take the guns first. Then the, that's what he does. He doesn't understand an issue. He doesn't believe in an issue. So if it's not about him personally... He will throw it overboard. Now, he'll look retrospectively and be a hero on something he screwed us with then, but they'll come with new things. I don't understand how people don't see that. It's just bizarre. Then obviously they went and made that blunder at the gun store there where like, he bought a gun and Marjorie Taylor Greene said, he bought a gun, he bought a gun. And then everyone said, well, isn't he prohibited because of the felony indictment? Oh, no, no, he, he just means he wants to buy one, but he didn't. I mean, again, it's just, you can't prosecute a civilization struggle, a war against such truculent, focused, resourceful, evil enemies with leaders who lack heart, a soul, and a brain. I'm sorry. It just doesn't work work like that but this is how he is when he's immediately confronted with something oh the smart people told me this the 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 media wanted this the the democrats were going to get angry the democrats were going to get angry you know it's so weird trump only gets hyped up to fight through a narrative when it's some stupid petty thing. You know, you know the big news they're all talking about now? Th about this New York judge that 
that appraised the value of Mar-a-Lago for only like 18 million or something. <laughs> the, that, that's what's going to get him upset. He will never go to the mattresses over a civilization issue. When the going gets rough, he won't power through it. Because that's not what he wakes up every day in his soul and mind and thinks about. He thinks about things like, you insulted the value of my property. That's exactly what he thinks about. By the way, nothing says populism like debating the price of his country club. Yeah. While we are all struggling, thanks to your debt-driven inflation. That was not Biden. Biden built off of it, obviously. He was more than happy to do so. You built that, buddy. You built that. We're happy with the sweet words. The jokes. The memes. What does it say in Ezekiel 33? The jokes with their mouth, but their heart goes after their gain. It's all one big grift. Again, we understand where the conservative intelligentsia is. Are there, are, are there conservative voters a reflection of that? We'll find out. Now I want to contrast that to the other candidate. And again, no one's perfect. No one person is going to save us. Unlike them, we're never going to put everything into one man. I think the presidency can't even do much. But it's a reflection of what do we want. And that matters in the way we behave, in our focus, in what we push for. You know, are we going to elevate adulterers? Fork-tongue people? People that don't believe in what they say? Everything's just a talking point. Everything's just reading the room, what the base wants to hear at a given moment, but then not to actually accomplish it. This is a clip of um, DeSantis was on with Glenn Beck, my colleague, and he gave an explanation exactly of what sets him aside from other Republicans and what he has accomplished, hopes to accomplish. Take a listen right here to the clip with Glenn. So I think a lot of times it's just the path of least resistance. If you get into office as a Republican, you cut a few taxes, you know, you, you, you may pare back some regulations, you know, maybe do one or other two things. You can kind of do that and, and maybe you don't face the fire. If you start getting in at the institutional level where the left sees that they're losing control, they fight back and they fight back hard. And you just got to have the spine to stand there, do what's right, take the fire uh, and keep on going forward. And that, that's what we've done in Florida. And it goes so deep. I mean, I think we all know the education's been a problem. Medical profession, the corruption of the of the medical profession. We had to fight all these people to ban the surgeries, the gender surgeries for the minors. There was no evidence that this was appropriate. European countries like Sweden had had reverse course and they said no. We'd bring in people like Chloe Cole who went through it and yeah. now she got sterilized and she says it's this massive regret and it was wrong and yet they just plow forward with ideology. Uh, and so that's the things that, that you got to fight. I mean, I think though that... Okay, so he talks about fighting back an institutional level. Not just, oh, I cut some taxes. That's been the typical Republican thing. And what he talks about is fighting the expert class who say something's untenable. This is very important because I want you to understand I've dealt with people in government. I dealt with this during the Trump administration. 
Anything you and I want to accomplish, the expert class will say it will cause chaos in the markets. It can't be done because this is the status quo. Trump's first instinct is always, you're right, I'm too scared. This is what they told me. They all said there'll be chaos. I can't pull out of Afghanistan, right? This is the point. He will fight through it at an institutional level. It's not like, okay, I did some reforms on education. He's working at every last thing, the accreditation, the SATs, down to the granular level. Turning the University of Florida system into something that we don't see in any other state. Molding the minds of the youth. Controlling education and aligning it with the values of a red state where we're not seeing anywhere else. But again, it takes what? It takes balls and brains. It takes a soul. It takes a heart. It takes courage. And it takes brains. And for that, you need someone to selflessly wake up every day and say, this is what needs to be done. You know, con- contrast that. I, w- I want to play another Trump clip. I, w- I, w- I, w- I thought I was done with him, but you know what? Just one more. This is, so there's this whole debate about, you know, firing Fauci. And I want to make something very clear. It, this is not just retrospectively. Here's a clip with Maria Bartiromo on Fox, Trump talking, she asked him about Fauci. This was December 2021. So long after, you know, almost a year after he was out of office. And still, he was he, he was scared. Um, take a listen, again, this old clip, but, but not so old. This is way after everyone knew he was a problem. She asked him why he didn't fire Fauci. Take a listen. Fauci, Anthony Fauci misled the Senate when he said that the NIH did not fund the gain-of-function research. Um, Should you have fired Fauci? So a lot of people ask me that question, and I did it right, because if you do fire him, you're going to have a firestorm on the left again, as usual. Um, And I didn't listen to him. If you think about it, he wanted to keep our country. Okay, so he was scared. I was scared. I mean, I give him credit. He's very honest in debates. I mean, I didn't say debates, um, interviews. That's why he doesn't want to debate. But anyway, this guy is scared. He is scared of what people think. He is the opposite of this caricature that his supporters create. And we have proof of concept for four years. For four years. This is the point. Anything, that's why he, he didn't fire anyone. He made his name off of you're fired. That's a big part of, now a lot of people forgot, but that was what people had in their mind of him from his apprentice days headed into 2016. And the irony was he wouldn't fire anyone. DeSantis got in there and fired over 200 of Rick Scott as fellow Republican governor's appointees. I mean, everything people wanted in this guy that he, you're fired. And then he was a bigger wimp than even like George W. Bush on that. And then you get proof of concept the other way with DeSantis. No, I don't want to take it. 
well, he's doing this, I wish this, and that. What do you freaking want already? Take yes for an answer or shut up. Stop telling me you believe in something. Stop sitting before us like God's people with no plan of fulfilling his words. Here's another clip. We're just going to play a bunch of clips today. I think these are all important. Um, this was also maybe two weeks ago. DeSantis on with Stuart Varney of Fox Business. Stuart asked him about donors. You know, your donors are starting to desert you. Some of your donors are deserting you. Uh, what, what do you say about that? Take a listen. Governor, the billionaire GOP donor, Ken Griffin, he says he's sitting on the sidelines for this Republican primary. He's been one of your principal backers. Have you talked to him? Have you tried to talk him out of sitting on the sidelines? No, I mean, I think there was a report said he didn't like that, um, that we had stood up against Disney. But I can tell you, Stuart, I have six, five, and three-year-old kids at home. Uh, the idea that we are going to allow a company to come in and try to wreak havoc on our education system, injecting transgender ideology in elementary school, negating parents' rights, that is non-negotiable for me. We will stand up for our kids. We will stand up for our parents. And yes, they're the granddaddy of them all when it comes to Florida politics. Uh, but I'm happy to stand in the way of that and push back. If we can't get the education right, if we can't agree as a society that it's wrong to tell a second grader that they can change genders, then this country is just not going to succeed. So I see our country a decline in a variety of fronts, including in education. We've reversed that decline in Florida. And yes, we've had to stand up to Disney to do it. Uh, but that was the right thing to do. And I stand by it 100 percent. So, folks, hear that this is about this Ken Griffin guy. And, you know, he was upset about the fight with Disney. And DeSantis is like, I don't care. I've got, I've got small kids. The idea that this company is going to wreak havoc on our values, I'm not going to go for that in our education system. It's non-negotiable for me. It's non-negotiable. And this is really important. By the way, there's another thing. There's another donor. He recently said marijuana is rotting the minds of our society. And one of his donors was um, into you know, making money off of marijuana. You have to understand – Unless you are independently wealthy, you need donors. Now, he's the one of the biggest names in Republican politics now, so he's got some donors. But he, the biggest problem with why the Republican Party is the way it is because we don't have a donor class that shares our values. He is the first person who's willing to punch it right in the face. Again, what are the reasons why no other governor is like DeSantis? Identity politics, because they're scared of being called names. Corporate politics, because they're scared of their donor class and just in general, the clout of all the lobbyists and the business interests. He doesn't give a darn. And then the third thing is the federal funding. You can't buy the guy off. All the guys are criticizing him. Hey, you know, you, you have these liberal Republican donors, which everyone does, inevitably. And then, hey, you're bleeding donors. You're mead to them. Well, isn't that what you wanted? Didn't you want a guy that's going to not listen to the donor class? Even if he gets money from them, well, that's what he did. I mean, lost in the shuffle was the news from, where is this? This was from Yahoo Finance. 
Disney's CEO says company will be quiet on the culture war. Um, Bob Iger, the CEO, told investors the company will quiet the noise in the culture war. And, you know, basically said that our days of commenting is, is over with. And pretty much DeSantis beat them in every legal battle. I mean, we would have pined for this for 50 years. It is always our people backing down in the face of corporate donors saying, no, 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 this is what it is. That, that's what Christy Noman bodies back down in the face of the NCAA said, hey, look, you can't do this with sports. We need trainees in, in female sports. And he, he doesn't just battle them to a draw. He battles them into submission. They're like, hey, yeah, I think, I think our days are over with. He, he has created a culture in Florida now that you know you better shut your mouth the other way. I mean, this is what we've always wanted. I, I don't have another, there's another quote I, I was going to play, but I want to bore you with a bunch of clips today because we have a lot of time and I want to chew up all the time with that. But there was another clip of him on with Laura Ingram last night talking about Nikki Haley and the corporate donor class that just cares about the the fat cats. I mean, that's real populism, but populism rooted in some degree of consistent ideology and principle, not just noise-making French revolution populism that lands in the same place. You know, again, the criticism in 2016 was, well, you know, Cruz is a little bit too um, kind of like think tanky conservative, not really knows what time it is and that's why a lot of people went with with trump but here i mean the issues desantis excels the most on are the so-called kind of populist america first type of issues take yes for an answer but no no we'd rather the personal gain i'm telling you ezekiel thirty-three thirty-one is what we're living now but this is a guy that wakes up every day and thinks, what could I do to denude the left of their power systemically? What could I do to move the ball forward? What could I do to better the life of the people? You know, you know, there's an interesting dynamic. One of the things that the Trump people throw at him is they say he's weird and autistic. Okay, you, could, you could look that up. They'll, they'll always point that out in social media. And I I actually understand where they're coming from. See, from their vantage point, he almost looks autistic, like it's weird. Who acts like that? Because they cannot understand someone who actually believes in what they say and is not just posturing for personal gain. It's like, what, you actually believe in that? You're you're going to put yourself into, put your reputation on the line over that? You're, you're crazy. I mean, in many respects, he, he is politically crazy. He was sitting on top of the world, and now he, he runs like a picket's charge with a maybe 20, 30% chance. When he's only 45, he could have waited his turn. And they're right. Politically, it's stupid. But his point is, we're out of time, and we need, we need a choice, not an echo. We're not going to have this geriatric crap with Biden and Trump again which I think is why it's a smart thing for him to debate Gavin Newsom. Give people a sense of, you know, it doesn't have to be like this. 
we could actually have a real debate. Let's stop this, you know, senile thing, the back and forth between the two of them. Let's actually have a debate over a guy who is cogent. He's not comatose. Gavin Newsom is lucid. He's a communist versus our best guy who believes in in, in our position of freedom and could articulate and, and let the best man win. But it, it's just funny. They cannot relate to a person like that. So anyway, that that is on the principled front. I just want to end off with, then there is the electoral front. We, we do have to deal with the fact the way they brainwash population and you do have to get elected. And people are pushing all these polls that show, I mean, if you're going to push a poll, make it realistic. Th- th- this poll that Trump is beating Biden by 10 points, do you understand the states he would have to be winning? He'd be winning Colorado. He'd be winning Virginia with, with that. Certainly Wisconsin and Michigan and, and Pennsylvania, much less Arizona and Nevada and, and Georgia. And no, there's no evidence of that. But there's evidence to the contrary. We have three elections in a row where we have this inveterate electorate, which, which aside from Hispanics moving over a little bit and rural voters becoming even more conservative or more Republican voting, everything else is being lost. New York Times has a metric that puts a number on a trend I've been pointing out for several years. We talk about this New Hampshire race where they almost lost the House. They actually did technically, but then there's this independent who went back to being a Republican. So Republicans will keep the New Hampshire House. But they lost what should have been a you know pretty safe seat by they got crushed. Democrats have outperformed Biden's 2020 numbers since 2020 in 21 of the 27 special elections for the state legislature and have done so by an average of seven points because I've seen even in Republican seats. So they might keep it, but whereas they would have won it by 25, now they only win it by eight. The bottom has opened from under them. We saw this in last election. We're like, look. I understand you have a candidate like Trump that says retarded things is analogous to someone giving a speech and taking off his clothes and urinating in front of everyone. But come on, don't focus on the urination. We have a country to save. And you and I might believe that. But at the end of the day, a voter that is not as committed as our audience and they're kind of like, you know, open to what the left is saying, but not completely. And they're swing voters. If you have a guy that is analogous to someone just walking around naked, it doesn't matter what the issue or the debate is. That's all their brain is going to focus on. And what we saw is the worst economy ever for a sitting party with an unpopular, comatose president who is very unpopular and his policies are very unpopular and they still won the election. The notion that it's gotten better now is absurd. So you could show me my polls, but I'll show you my special elections, which actually show what's going on. You know, one or two of them you could dismiss as anomalous, but it's a general trend that Democrats are overperforming in every election. So let's not lie to ourselves. Don't we need to do something different? I, I just don't understand this belief. Oh, he's beating him by 10 points. You're retarded if you believe that. No no Republican, DeSantis or anyone else, will ever win an election by 10 points. 
I don't even know how much Reagan did the first. I'm trying to remember what Reagan Reagan's map. It was like ten, but it wasn't much more than that, or more than that at all. Remember, we've never won the popular vote by you know 60, 40, 70, 30. I guess Goldwater was the you know LBJ Goldwater was the biggest one. Even with the the electoral college landslides, I mean, still, I mean, most of the country is divided. I mean, tell me something that's at least believable. So anyway, the point is, do we believe our own talking points? Do we believe our own values? Nobody's perfect. It's not that Trump has never done anything good and not that there's nothing, no downside of DeSantis. But my gosh, on the very sorts of issues and qualities and focus and personnel that we're looking, Trump's very weaknesses are this man's strengths. And then, yes, there is the value side, the living it. And don't tell me it doesn't, the authenticity doesn't bleed over to voters. The media is going to make whomever is the Republican nominee out to be a monster. And they always have, always will. But ultimately, the people have to decide. And ultimately, it makes a difference if the guy comes up in front of the swing voters acting like a retard and acting like a bombastic braggadocious narcissist versus someone who sounds like a public servant. And again, we have proof of concept. We always dreamt about what would happen if you had a no-drama guy who had the perfect life, didn't have baggage, the media will try to give it to you no matter what, but you don't inherently have it. Truth does bleed out. If you have it, then certainly the voters will know about it articulates our views, no drama, doesn't focus on it, doesn't make himself the issue, makes the issue the issue, what would happen? And again, we saw that. You know, you, you, you could tell me it's trending red, Florida, uh, Charlie Crist was a dead candidate. That's all true. You don't win Palm Beach County. You don't win Palm Beach County like that. And and that's that's the thing. You don't win Jacksonville and... Tampa by those margins. But this is one of the problems that people don't realize. It's not just that we're going to get crushed in, you know, Wisconsin and Pennsylvania and Michigan and certainly New Hampshire and, and lose all these state legislative chambers, which is really what we need ultimately. But Republicans are also going to lose a lot of these major cities or even mid-sized cities in red states. It might not be enough in a red state to swing the state statewide. But we're going to continue bleeding even in red states. That's the trend we're seeing. And again, it's not all Trump. It's the status quo of which Trump is the biggest face of it. Whether you like it or not, the party is defined by him. The establishment, the Trump and the Trump establishment, because it all merges into one. We need something different. As I said before, to me, DeSantis, the future with him is much more about what he represents and gives voice to than even the mechanics of controlling the federal government. Will we take yes for an answer? That is ultimately the question. And we're going to find out. I can only tell you guys what ought to be. I don't know what will be. We'll see what happens tonight. But even if you're not 100% sold on everything I'm telling you, 
the notion that there's nothing to see, there's nothing auspicious about DeSantis, and nothing problematic with Trump, both ideologically, electorally, image-wise, this is the type of thing we should vet out in a one-on-one debate. It is a disgrace. Oh, I'm scared. I'm scared that the moderator not going to be fair to me. Oh, okay. Sean freaking Hannity. Tucker Carlson. Pick your choice of, you know, sycophant. Okay, you can't, you can't accuse Sean Hannity of not covering for you. Ron versus Don. No other distraction candidates. Two hours straight. No breaks. And, and discuss these records. One by one and your plans, and how you're going to accomplish that, and why this time is different. We deserve that. Shut up with this inevitability. You know, it used to be you weren't allowed to question a Republican in the general election because, oh, we got to be the Democrat. Now you can't even have a primary anymore. It's, it's just ridiculous. It's ridiculous, and it's got to stop. I didn't get to the budget fight. Obviously, you know, things are kind of in limbo, so far, we're holding the line in the House against what McConnell is doing. And again, the reason why the, we have a supermajority, do you know last night? Only 19 of the 49 Republicans voted against cloture on not just a CR that funds all of the uh, Biden administration Fourth Reich policies, but adds more Obamacare funding, more Ukraine funding, and, and less than half the Republicans. And it's mainly the new ones along with the typical old ones, you know, Cruz, Lee, Paul, Ron John, Rick Scott voted no, um, but mainly just people that are brand new or just still in their first term. That's how out of touch it is. And again, almost every single one on that list that voted for the CR last night, our ability to get them out was undermined by, you guessed it, with the Twomps endorsement. That is the truth. It's not profitable. I don't get much gain. But you know what? I don't like singing. I don't like the sweet voice of what we're doing. I like actually doing it. That's where we're at. Ezekiel 3331. God bless you all.